0: Praise the Lord. Okay, so let's get started. I I want us to look here at, um, I'm just going to call it the life of miracles because that's what it is. I mean, when things are not going right, you're supposed to pray. James tells us that. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. So let's look at uh, Psalm 91. Well, I'm in Psalm, excuse me. Let's get over here uh, and go right to Psalm 91. Now, uh, history tells us that... uh, Moses wrote this, and if you've been reading, and I know you have, the book of Psalms, we, about nearly a third of them are better, are written by David, and so it's easy to just think that, well, just David just had a free ride or something like that, well, he's got the same free, come on in. he's got the same free ride you and I have, praise the Lord, Aaron, there's stuff back in the back, help yourself, and then come on up, and, uh, but anyway, so watch this. This is Psalm 91. Moses wrote this. And, it, I, I, you know, I just want to challenge you. You might need to step away. Well, I don't say might. You do. Step away from the King James just a little bit. Go get a newer translation. And then uh, I'll go back and read. You know, it, it'll shock you to read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. You'll be able to understand it. You'll go, I get it. I get all of it. it amazing. Amazing. And watch the history unfold right there. But anyway, so a guy by the name of Moses wrote this down. And he says here, we live within the shadow of the Almighty, sheltered by the God who is above all gods. Notice the we word here. King James says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Sounds good. It's the exact same thing we see here. We're not going to. We do live within the shadow of the almighty think about it you know this i see somebody shadowing over me we hear that well that means somebody's here you know whatever or the sun went behind a cloud well that means you know you're look what we're under the shadow of the almighty now notice this word sheltered here these words have got to mean something that's the reason you have a bible it builds hope that's the reason when things go wrong you go talk to people whatever Things like your world's over with, and when you were young and little, you know, I'd go I'd go to my mother, go to my dad. They would tell me, hey, you're going to be all right. Don't worry about it. You. You're all right, whatever. And I've had kids, too. You know, you watch them fall down. You're all right first. You're all right. You're all right. We're not lying to them. If they're not all right, we have enough sense to know they're still going to be all right because I'm going to fix it. I'm going to help them out here. But that's where we're going. We don't as parents go. I can't wait. Oh, wait till you have a trial next week. You're really gonna learn how to be a better kid after you have all this heartbreaking problems in your life. We don't do that. We don't do that. And God's not that way either. Notice this. This I declare that He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God. I am trusting Him. Trusting Him what? Uh, the other day I was hearing some people talk about letting go and letting God. Well, you can let go of your fears. And trust God, but don't just let go and just let things happen to you in this life. You know, because that's a famous tradition in America today among Christianity is you know, let go and let. When I got out of the way, you need to get in the way. You're the one that needs to be crying out for help. And you need to ask for what you want. Sometimes we just get to thinking we're not supposed to ask. Look at this. This is, this is protection here. Notice he says, he alone is my refuge. Now, why didn't he say, I just owe him my heart and my life? Well, you can get to that later, especially if your car's out of control or whatever. Something's going wrong. I mean, We, we just think we have to be super polite or politically correct, shall we say, in our religious world about God. No. I love God because he first loved me. There's a reason we love God. He created this world It's beautiful. He created you and I. We're made in his image. I mean, where are we going with this? I'm created in his image, and now he wants this image of him to be destroyed, maybe through sickness or through poverty or, or just, I'm just depressed because all the crazy things happening to me. That's insane. It's not right. So again, look what a big help Psalm 91 is. This would brighten your day, wouldn't it? This I declare that he alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He's my God. I'm trusting in him. Trusting in him for what? For these things. Look at this. Go further. He rescues you from every trap and protects you from the fatal plague. Ever heard of cancer? Yeah. Well, there's other things out there besides cancer. You get a good case of the flu and it's lights out. It's over with. You know, lungs fill up with fluid. We did everything we could do. What got him? Cancer? No. I just, Whatever. You go back in history books and look at some of our famous guys in history and stuff like that. They died of a stupid cold. It's terrible. And we're driving around in cars and stuff like that. And, you know, they try to tell us statistically that, you know, you and I may be in a car wreck one day, you know. But thank God we got help. He rescues you. Look at this. Let's get this from every trap and protects you from the fatal plague i'm telling you we've got to do something about that we've got to settle down and say you know what he rescues me you know every time you read psalm 91 it's speaking to you it's not saying well guess what some of us some of us if it's the lord's will some of us no it's all of us praise the lord whoops one way gotta go a little quicker with this or i'm gonna lose the image oh here we go All right, so he will shield you with his wings. Sounds like it's his responsibility, yeah. They will shelter you. Now, look at this. His faithful promises are your armor. Take the word of God, the sword of the spirit. So that makes sense to us. Now you know why you ought to be reading that book. Praise the Lord. Now, you don't need to be afraid of the dark anymore. Now, honestly, when the lights go out and stuff like that, you know, it can be a little panicky. Think about being a blind person, you know. Oh, my gosh, you know. And well, Jesus, uh, he says the blind receive their sight. But, you know, you can worry about that that kind of stuff and think, man, what would it be like if I was blind? You know. Well, obviously, you don't need to be afraid of losing your sight. Jesus is your healer. He doesn't just heal some. You need to make sure you focus on these. These belong to you because he wants you to freely receive, freely give. And it's hard to tell others about healing if you don't think he cares enough about you to take care of you. Remember he said uh, in Luke 21 he says when he was naming all these terrible things going to be happening to the earth and to the world. And men's hearts failing them for year for fear of these things. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. All these terrible things. But he says, he says in your faith possess ye your souls. He says not a hair of your head will perish. And it's like praise the Lord. I'm going to be all right. Now who's going to do this for you? He's going to shelter you. Oh, uh, let's move on here. Nor fear the dangers of the day, nor dread the plagues of darkness, nor disasters in the morning. I'm telling you what, in our society, we hear these things on the news constantly. You never know what's going to break out. But guess what? We do know I'm going to be protected. I'm going to be safe. Look at seven. Though a thousand fall at my right hand, my, excuse me, at my uh, side. Now think about this a minute. A thousand what? A thousand people. A thousand people just, boom, just perished. Then what? Now multiply times ten on the other side. Ten thousand over here. Boom. Or like we've had in the last, well, two years ago and then just the other night, but it wasn't a complete repeat. Tornadoes and stuff. It was just like, where are we going to go? You know? There were tornadoes going to be trying to be coming in all kinds of different places and whatever, but you know, you can worry about that kind of stuff and think, you know, well, oh my goodness, it's going to get me. No, it's not going to get you. Look at this. He says, uh, though ten thousands are dying around me, the evil will not touch me. I will see how the wicked are punished, but I will not share it. For Jehovah, Jehovah is my refuge. Sometimes we get to thinking, well, it's because, you know, this guy that he's talking about obviously is not me. He must be super Christian. No, it's super God, and you have super mercy. That's just all there is to it. We've all blown it. This was not written for somebody who never had made a mistake. Do you know Moses? was leading the people to the promised what? Promised land, right? Guess what? And he tried, but he could not go into the promised land. You know, he lost his cool one time, you know, and that's just the way it was. God said to command water to come out of the rock. Moses got so mad at those people, he took his staff and he whipped that rock. Do I have to demand water to come out of this rock? Bam, and he hit the rock. Of course, water came out. And God said, hey, you didn't honor me. You didn't honor me. You're not going in. Promised land. You know, wow. And he's the one that wrote this. Now, Moses still had mercy. God still treated him good. If you read the book of Deuteronomy, right before they got to the promised land, Moses said, hey, can I go in? He said, I'll tell you what I'll do, though. He took him up on this high mountain. He said, I'll show it to you. I remember Moses is 120 years old. Aaron, his brother, just died. Moses is fixing to pass away, too. And God showed him all the promised land. So he still come out with a good deal, but nonetheless, I just want to let you know we've all blown it and made mistakes. And this guy that wrote this had made mistakes, and he still says, you know, that God is my refuge. He said, I choose the God of all gods to shelter me. How can there, excuse me, how can evil overtake me or any plague come near me? But sometimes in America, we just think that sickness or, or hurting yourself or busting the door on your car or things at the house breaking and stuff like that. And you buy something new, you get it home and it, eh, it's not working. You know, well, you know, God, what else are you going to do to me? He's not doing these things to you. That's your moment of prayer. Take time to pray and say, Lord, I want this thing to line up with Psalm 91. And then watch it turn around. It'll turn around. Just like Phil talking about his truck. You know, somebody barred his truck and, well, they wrecked his truck. Well, it sounds like, oh, man, it goes from worse to more worse. No, it doesn't. It gets from better to better. It'll get better and better. Watch how things unfold. It'll just be fantastic. Now, it'll get worse if we're not praying. It'll get worse if we don't have any faith in this. Remember, he just got through saying up there, he says, I will trust him for these things. For notice this, for he orders his angels to protect you wherever you go. And I was thinking about uh, Josh when I was just—I was just thinking when he was talking about that chain and stuff, and he's controlling that thing. And, and he did tell me, because I, I, I said, "What? I said, you got to watch out for that chain." He says, "Yeah, that chain might grab your fingers, you know." Because he said other people that have gotten hurt before and other things, you know. But, and, and it makes you wonder, you know. No matter what you're doing throughout the day, wonder. Don't praise the Lord. His angels are there to protect you wherever you go. It's just amazing when you have kids, you can't watch them all the time. It doesn't take but a few seconds. Isn't that right, Joy? And all of a sudden, they're, they're at the edge of something where they shouldn't be, you know. And, but maybe you were there and you saw them. But there's other times you don't see them, and it's great to know that there's angels watching over. Well, that's thinking on kid level. But God's taking care of adults here. He didn't say, well, where children are concerned, you know, where you and I are concerned. I have watched so many people run red lights in Huntsville. It's incredible. I'm not talking just a moment. I'm talking like, I'm glad I didn't go. I wasn't gonna rock it out there. I was taking my time and I don't know what this guy was doing. He just sailed right through it. And other things. You could have financial things just come sailing right through. I've had some recently, you know, I thought, well. This is great. I've got paid and whatever. Yeah, you, know, you got paid all right. And now you had this extra, you know, five hundred dollar bill. Stay focused on this. Don't worry about it. Jesus will take care of it. Well, you mean, you know, no. I mean, Jesus will take care of it, and He will. He will. He orders his angels to protect you. They will steady your hands to keep you from stumbling against the rocks on the trail. You can safely, look at this, you can safely meet a lion. Yeah, right. Well, no, he's not lying. Lying, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, you can't, you got to remember, you're not alone here. Now, David didn't write this song, but he sure knew this. You can safely meet a lion or step on poisonous snakes. Yes, trample them beneath your feet. For the Lord says, because he loves me, I will rescue him. I will make him great because he trusts in my name. When he calls on me, I will answer. I will be with him in trouble and rescue him and honor him. I will satisfy him with a full life and give him my salvation. Boy, that's the end of the story. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to go to the book of, uh, uh, excuse me, here, uh, let's see. 2 Kings here. And again, we're going to see a couple of stories that are why are they in here if they're not for us today? Of course, we're going to read them and they're for us today. Let's go to the fourth chapter. Look at this one first. One day, the wife of a seminary student came to Elisha to tell him of her husband's death. Now, Jesus is going to refer to Elisha and some of the things he did to a multitude of people. He was actually in his hometown. Is that a multitude? He was in a church. One wasn't so much a multitude. And they got offended at him. But Jesus is going to refer to this story. We'll look in just a moment. But anyway, so don't be thinking, well, this is because it's a preacher's wife, whatever. No, uh uh-uh. This is chapter 4. Chapter 5 is not a preacher's wife. He's an outcast general of the Syrian army by the name of Naaman. Got leprosy. Just because this one's in Bible school, and the other guy don't even go to Bible school. (laughs) And he had captive one of God's kids. A little Israelite woman. And Naaman had leprosy. And that little woman said, you know what, if you'd go back to Israel, somebody over there would get you healed of leprosy. So don't cut yourself off from the blessings of God. That's just ridiculous. God doesn't want any of that going on. So anyway, one day the wife of a seminary student came to Elisha to tell him of her husband's death. Uh-oh, her husband died. Well, that's the end of seminary. He was a man who loved God, she said, but he had owed some money when he died. And now the creditors were demanding it back. If she didn't pay, he would take her two sons as his slaves. Now, again, this is not about Elisha. This is not about showing, you know, well, wow, I guess Elisha's called to the Lord. No, we already know that. If we've been reading our Bibles, 2 Kings is about the the 13th book in the Bible. We've already figured this out. This is what our God does. Now, remember, she's in financial bind. This is so bad that she owes so much that her two kids, just like y'all's two kids, you know, got to sell them as slaves. Well, see, we don't understand that being Americans. I certainly don't. I've read about it. But my upbringing, that is unheard of. But if our nation was taken over by some bad guys, it would be heard of. It would be horrible. We just don't see that. We've never heard of that. We've read about it. You might see some things on the news, of course. But that's what was happening. What shall I do? Elisha said, how much food do you have in the house? She said, nothing at all except a jar of olive oil, she replied. Then borrow as many pots and pans from your friends and neighbors, he instructed. Go into your house with your sons, shut the door behind you, pour the olive oil uh, from your jar into those pots and pans, setting them aside as they are filled. Now notice she went to Elisha and said, what shall I do? Notice she didn't just sit there and go, well, I guess it's over. I guess it's over. It's not over unless we quit trusting the Lord. We're not going to do that. We're always trusting the Lord. So anyway, so she did. Her sons bought every pot and pan to her, and she filled them uh, one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to her sons. And they said, there aren't any more. they told her. And then the oil stopped flowing. When she told the prophet what happened, he said, okay, go sell the oil and pay your debt. And there you'll have enough money left for you and your sons to live on. Praise God. Now what am I going to do? Search for this woman when I get to heaven and say, are you the one? That's a neat story. No, I get it. God supplies all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, I was with some fine Christian friends yesterday, and we were at this church-related thing, but somebody ultimately winds up saying, well, you know, God, he won't always give you what you want, but he'll always supply all your needs. I mean, he'll always get you just what you need. That's ridiculous. He convinced Jacob that he would prosper him. He convinced Abraham he would prosper him. Jesus said, I've come as you might get by. No, he said, I've come as you might have life and have it more abundantly. We can't get over this, Jesus. This Jesus is so phenomenal. That's the reason it's so easy to share with whoever you're around. I don't need Jesus. I got money. Well, okay, how's your health? My health is all right. All right, what else? You listen to people long enough, they go, man, my daughter's acting like whatever, whatever. You go, oh, really? Jesus will help you with it. <laughs> How do you know that? And you'll start reciting all these stories you heard out of the Bible. Plus your own. You'll go, well, the Lord help me with mine. You can be the richest person in the world. You can be the healthiest person in the world. But I'm telling you, we're in this world and there's tribulations out there affecting some way or another, all of us. And Jesus is a savior. So he'll help these people. Uh, let's see. Let's go to the, the I'm just hitting the high points here. Uh, back to, uh, let's go to the fifth chapter. Uh, we know this story well. We won't hit it, but just little pieces of it. Now, this guy, he was not in seminary. Fourth chapter, that was a seminary guy that died. The only ones left was his wife and his kids. The king of Syria had admiration for Naaman, the commander-in-chief of his army. Now, notice this is Syria. It's like Jonah being sent to Nineveh. Jonah, really, if you think about it, he felt like he had a right to say, God, you have fallen off your rocker. Because if you read read, uh, um, Jeremiah and... uh, uh, well, actually, no, you don't need to. Excuse me. If you read 2 Kings, you'll pick up on what was going on during those time frames. People from Nineveh was coming over to Israel and they were killing their kids. I mean, they just fight them, you wipe everybody out. And Jonah's like, I ain't going over there. God, you've fallen and hit your head. But God said, No, go to Nineveh and preach. Anyway, Jonah did. This guy here. God, why are you why are you bothering with this guy? Well, put it this way, why is this guy bothering with God? And maybe I could bother God today and he'd help me. Well that's right, that's what's gonna happen. So anyway, he had led his troops into many his glorious victories, and he was a great hero, but he was a leper. Well you gotta live with a little skin problems. You know, whatever. you and I are faced with them sometimes we'll scratch an itch and we just won't even think about it. We'll just go, Well, I guess that's tough. I'm getting old, you know. Sometimes you get these spots and whatever right? You give these spots to Jesus. <clears throat> because in the back of your mind, you're thinking melanoma. <laughs> you know, it all it can, it can worry you. He was a great hero, but he was a leper. Bands of Syrians had invaded the land of Israel. Well, see, that's God's country. And among their captives uh, was a little girl who had been given uh, to Naaman's wife as a maid. Huh, jeez. Verse 3. One day the little girl said to her mistress, Now, How did this little girl get this knowledge if this wasn't common every day since to that little girl? She said to her mistress, no, wait, maybe she had a vision. That's what it was. The anointing fell on her. God, we're missing part of the Bible here. No, we're not missing it. It's just like today, you and I know how wonderful Jesus is. We get it. And we just need to relay it not only to ourselves, but other people out there that need help. Jesus is the answer. And he's the answer that Naaman needs. So notice what she said. I wish my master would go see the prophet in Samaria. What? He don't want to go to church. But look at the next phrase. He would heal him of his leprosy. Let me tell you something. I have to deal with that. When I think Jesus won't heal me, I have to deal with this story. And I go, you know, Lord, it's not that you won't heal me. It's that I don't believe. I don't believe if I go to Gunnersville I'm going to catch a fish. That's the reason I'm not going. But if I believed, I would go to Gunnersville and go fish. If I believe I'm gonna catch healing, I'm gonna act on it. What was the first thing I would do? Man, I'd be I'd be I'd quit my worry and I'd be happy. I'd be like, praise God, you know. Let me tell you something. Jesus does what he says. Remember, we read in Psalm 91, he says, His faithful promises are your armor. And this would be your armor, especially if you hear some bad reports soon. I mean, you may, you could get a blood test and all of a sudden it don't look good, you know. Don't worry. Anyway, Naaman told the king what the little girl said. Now, Naaman, you have really lost it now. Suppose it was grace. I'm not going to believe grace. Now, wait a minute, though. Kids say what they hear at home, don't they? Kids say what they grew up with. And just like David and Goliath, they brought David to the king because they said, you need to hear what this little boy is saying. This little boy is saying, I can go out there and beat, the, I can beat this, this Goliath. I'll kill him. Go visit the prophet, he said. I'll send a letter of instruction. Well, you know the details here. I mean, I'll tell you what, they were planning on him getting healed. Anyway, notice what happened. Elisha sent the message out to him, said, go wash in the Jordan River seven times and he'll be healed every trace. Notice he didn't say, you cannot tell God what to do. This is God's turf and his business and he heals only who he wants to. Well, Jesus referred to this story. He said there were many lepers in Israel at the time of Elisha the prophet, but only Naaman was healed. And Jesus, we'll see in just a moment, i got enough time. but oh. In other words, Jesus was saying this was for everybody. Anyway, notice this, Naaman almost blew it here. He was angry and walked away. and He said, look, you know, I, I thought he would come out and at least talk to me. I mean, <laughs> Elisha didn't even come out and say, hey, how you doing? Glad you're here, you know, you know. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call upon the name of the Lord as God and heal me. At least he expected to get healed, but he kind of got mad here. And he says, aren't the Urbana River, in other words, the Arkansas River, the Tennessee River, and whatever, the Chattahoochee, whatever, all that stuff, better than all those than having to go to uh, the, the River of Israel? If it's a river I need, I'll wash it home and get rid of my leprosy. And notice this, he went away in a rage. Now notice how simple, we got all the details here, but his officers tried to reason with him and say, look, if that guy had said for you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? Why don't you just do what he says and go wash in the Jordan River? Naaman went down the Jordan River, you know what he did? He was told, dip in seven times. Oh, come on. You know one thing you get out of this and one thing Naaman will ever forget? And this changed Naaman's life. When he came up at seventh time, he was healed. And he didn't have anybody to give the credit to but God. And I do want to show you one little thing about this story I love. Anyway, his notice this. He became as healthy as a little child, his skin. Anyway, he tried to give the prophet some money, and Naaman said, no, you don't have to do that. See, Na- I mean, excuse me, uh, Elisha said, I'm not going to accept that. Anyway, watch this. This is very humorous right here. Uh, naamans he's so happy, he's healed. He says, however, may the Lord pardon me this one thing. Now, this is, this is why Jesus wants you healed. This is why Jesus will prosper you, because he wants your attention over on him. He didn't want your attention over, well, I'm so bad at the Lord, he won't heal me. He's never done anything good for me. Oh, come on. He will. You've got to believe him. You've got to believe Watch this. Naaman says, look, when my master, remember, he's got to go back to Syria, and I'm still the general. Now I'm healed. I really can fight now because, man, I can hold my weapons good, and my skin's not falling off. I'm handsome looking and all this stuff. When I go with my master to the temple of the god of Rimmon, <laughs> he said, to worship there, and he and leans on my arm, may the Lord pardon me when I bow too. In other words, I've got to go in there and go bow down to this stupid god, but I know who the real god is. The real god is Jehovah. And God wants you to walk away from your problems today or whatever it is the same way. I have a real God. Boy, where can I go with this story? I even read this week about Daniel. Daniel was, let's just use that one. That'd be just as well. And Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar was going to kill everybody because they couldn't tell him the dream. And notice Daniel wasn't like, well, you know, win some, lose some. (laughs) No, Daniel was like, whoa, hold up just a moment. How quick could you have hit this story? You would have hit it in the second chapter. Uh, Daniel has, I mean, excuse me, Nebuchadnezzar has this terrible dream. And so he immediately called his magicians and incantationists, sorcerers, astrologers, demanded that they tell him what his dream was. Uh, I had a terrible nightmare, he said to them. And he stood before him. I can't remember what it was. Tell me, for I fear some tragedy awaits me. Then the astrologer speaking in Aramaic said to the king, Sir, tell us the dream and we'll tell you what it means. The king says, I done forgot it. Y'all are supposed to be so smart. Y'all tell me. <laughs> and, and they couldn't. And they start complaining. Well, nobody could ever do that. Nobody could. And he ordered all of them executed. Well, guess who what one of them was? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and, and Daniel. They were in that group too. If you won't tell me what it was, I'll have you torn limb from limb and your houses, heaps of rubble. But if you'll give me my one, but if you, I'll give you gifts if you, you know, tell it. Okay. And he says, they said, how can we tell you? Uh, you know, and the king retorted, I see your trick. You're trying to stall for time. You know, so he ordered him to be killed. Ah, uh, the astrologers replied, there isn't a man alive. Boy, there is. It's going to be Daniel. Now, why? I want you to see what uh, what happens here. So anyway, the king was furious. He sent out orders to execute all the wise men. Now, that was, See? Daniel and his companions were rounded up to be killed. Today, you got issues, whatever problems coming, it, you're rounded up. We're toast. Ah, do what Daniel did. Look what he does. And Daniel and his kin, companions were rounded up too. But when Ariok, we'll just say Aaron here, sorry, Aaron, the chief executioner, came to kill him. Well, Daniel goes, Where are we going? Are we going on a picnic? No, you're going to be killed. Whoa! Daniel says, Why? See, I mean, we have a life full of miracles. To sit here and read the Bible and think this is just, they just got lucky or whatever. No. Uh, let's see. But uh, came to kill him. Yeah, Daniel, Daniel handled the situation with great wisdom by asking, why is the king so angry? What's the matter? Aaron told him what happened. Daniel went to see the king. Give me a little time, he said. I'll tell you the dream. Whoa, you just, you just dug a hole. You do not put God on the spot like that. You don't know if it's the Lord's will. It's the Lord's will that I don't die. He wants me alive. the first commandment we promise, honor your father and mother, you live long. God didn't create this body that's created in his image to be killed. You know? We don't know our God if we don't act this way. Daniel says, give me a little time and I'll tell you the dream and what it means. He went home and told, this is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hananiah, Mishael, and there were their other names. They asked, he said, they asked the God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling them the secret. Again. If we're going to do Christianity in America today, we do not put God on the spot. We go, you know what? I just need to accept things. Lord, grant me the serenity. Accept the things I cannot change and blah, da, 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 and know the difference. What? No wonder so many people are running from Jesus today. They'd rather go read about dragons and stuff and other gods that do great things. Man, our God's the only God that's living. Tell us the secret so that... (laughs) so that they will not die with the others. And that night, in a vision, God told Daniel what the king dreamed. Then Daniel praised the God of heavens. That's what we're after. Thank God. Whatever your problem is, he's going to turn it around. If you'll just but do what Daniel did. Saying, blessed be the God of, of the name of God forever. He alone has all wisdom, and all power. World events are under his control. He removes. He keeps going. Anyway, he goes and says, he reveals profound mysteries beyond man's understanding. He knows hidden things. And he says, I thank you and praise you. Now, why is he doing all this? Because he knows the meaning of that thing? No, because now he's not going to be executed. He's having a fit. He's just, wouldn't you too? Now, what I think is neat is I want to show you what he says to the king. He goes in there, and I tell you what, uh, you're going to see uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar in heaven. If you if you read Daniel, you'll find out that Nebuchadnezzar he had a little time there trying to understand some things. Now, watch this. Daniel replies, says no wise man, an astrologer, magician, or wizard can tell the king such things, but there is a God in heaven. There is a God in heaven, and He knows. Praise the Lord. And I don't care what you're facing, you know. Uh, <clears throat> You can just do what Daniel did, and God will turn it around. Now, real quickly, it sometimes it feels like we, we can sit there and say, we well, you know Daniel. Uh, Daniel, you know, he he really he he just was super Christian. Let me tell you about super Christian just a moment here. This is what God expects. And let's just close right here. Because this 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 just wraps it all up right here. Oh. Because we 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 get to thinking there must be a reason these things happen to these guys. They're not happening to me. Oh, they'll happen to you. Watch this. Now, this tells us what we're supposed to do, okay? So it's not like, well, I guess there's some hidden things that, you know, that I guess uh, if I don't do these things, I'm in trouble. He says, pay all your debts except the debt of love for others, okay? Well, I can do that. Never finish paying that. For if you love them, you will be obeying all of God's laws. Wait a minute. God is real picky. He knows all these, these sins of omission. See, here we go with some more American traditions. It's the sins we don't know about. If you love your neighbor as much as, excuse me, he says, if you keep if, if, by obeying, all, excuse me, you will if you uh, be obeying all of God's laws, fulfilling his requirements. If you love your neighbor as much as you love yourself, you will not want to harm or cheat him or kill or steal from him. You won't sin with his wife or want what is his or do anything else that the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments say are wrong. All the Ten Commandments are wrapped up in one. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Last little phrase there. Love um, love. Uh, does no wrong to anyone. That's why it is fully satisfi- that's why it fully satisfies all of God's commandments. It's the only law you need. We pass from death to life because we love the brethren. We don't need to make this hard. The Good Samaritan, Jesus described it. Now, who was neighbor to this guy? The Good Samaritan. The ones that avoided the situation passed on the other side of the road. So what do we need to do? Man, we're just going to love one another. That's it. He said, you fulfill every commandment. Boy, that's not hard. That's not hard at all. So will these promises work for me? Yes, they'll work for you. I mean, we should all have a life of miracles, and we will. You watch what happens today. Father, we just thank you by your stripes we're healed. You made that provision for all of us, and we just thank you for it. Even those we're going to tell about Jesus, it doesn't matter who we run across. Well, you heal them. Praise God. Same thing's true financially for us and for others we run across that have financial hurts or whatever. You'll take care of that. And if there's something I didn't mention, but just on our hearts and just some problem we got out there, whatever it is, you will get us out of that trouble. I just thank you for it. And again, that doesn't leave anything left. But for us to act like that little maid and tell Naaman's uh, wife that, oh, if he would just go to the prophet, he'd be healed. Just telling others what great things that God will do for them. For us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, come blow my candles out.